all characters, events, and companies in this show, even those based on real entities, are entirely fictional and do not represent reality at all. And there's no implied messaging, legally speaking. This is all purely for shock value. There's no truth to anything portrayed in this show, except for the way we portray cops. I'm joking, I'm joking, and, and to believe otherwise, well, that would be criminal. Um, uh, okay. Previously on Hooters Juniors. It had been a full month since I signed the paperwork and received everything Durgan McFlergsing had owned. I had invited the 1% of the 1% here to my new ranch as a celebration of me becoming one of the elites. I heard you have an exciting presentation for us, host. The live streaming of a new school shooting! Wagey, more clear. I'm gonna foreclose on your home. Uh, your wife is now my wife. Your dogs are going straight to the kitchen. Just because I'm not Durgan doesn't mean I can't do whatever I feel like doing no matter how many lives get uprooted or thrown into a gutter. I'm rich. Jensen did doesn't come down here and stole every single wallet we had up for sale. Finish the podcast. Oh, hey, assistant reporter. You just murdered an entire hospital full of people. Wait, you guys are all inside me? We've always been inside you. Am I? You are not mentally ill. And anyone who says so deserves to have their blood drained into a gutter. We've got a podcast to finish. And off we went to find Jensen. He was a good friend of Durgan. He done been did one of my best buddies until he done gotten himself in too deep and got himself murdered. Host, you gotta get down to Hooters Juniors. There's a police raid going. On. Assistant reporter, can you take over the interview? I've got this. What the hell is going on here, Sheriff? Do I not have supreme authority over every living thing? You ain't got no backing from the New World Order since they heard about your little mishap at the river. You gotta choose right now, host. You're either in the 1% of the 1% or the host of a number one podcast. Lawyer McLawface. I have someone I'd like you to meet. I'm sorry, but what was your name? Well, my name's McAdderall Methylone Nitrate. I actually saw a commune just outside of Viscous. You mean like Skid Row? This isn't a commune. This was a foreign military operation. I have to become a true criminal by replacing all of the blood inside of my body with the blood of one of those Australians hanging out in that base down there. You are now officially O-negative. Does it say that I'm Australian? Apparently blood tests don't test for nationality. I'm gonna have to become the next best thing. Why? I'm gonna have to become a cop. What? You're listening to Hooters Juniors, the Durgan McFlurk Stang story from Sad Picture Productions. Hi, I'm your host, host, episode 5, Internal Investigation of the Spotless Crime. Hello, everyone. Uh, please quiet down. Please. Uh, do you want to get arrested? Uh, okay. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so, everyone, uh, we're here today to announce that we've officially hired some new officers, but one in specific deserves a major congratulations. And I'm not just saying that because he threatened to arrest me if I didn't congratulate him. 
This specific citizen was previously under suspicion of murdering our entire police force, uh, but now that he himself is a police officer, his crimes have been completely justified and were always state-sanctioned. You may all know him as host, host of the number one podcast, but uh, today I I'd like to treat them a little differently, because now that they've done completed four hours of police training, they are officially above the law, lawfully, legally, and justifiably. Congratulations, Officer Host. Thank you. Th thank you, everybody. You know, I may not have grown up here, but this is my home, and it always has been. For a long time, you folks may have just seen me as a city man with big book learning skills, but since the murder of my best friend Durgan McFlurgsang, R.I.P. Durgs, I've grown closer to a lot of you. I've come to recognize what it means to be a part of this community, and now, I've come to appreciate what it means to have complete authority over you people. You can run, you can hide, but if you don't leave me a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts, I will use physical violence against you. So thank you, God bless, and get ready. Th thank you, House. I'd also like to introduce Officer ACAB, formerly a uh, Seattle beat cop, and a veteran of using violence against poor minorities worldwide. He he's agreed to come live, work, and contribute to our town. Hello, people of Viscous. I'd like to thank you all for accepting me into your community. You know, I've been an officer for a long time. I've seen a lot of things that would shock most people. But those experiences have only positively impacted my life. These cuts on my arms not only represent my past and the contradictory nature of my existence, but the cuts I've given to other people, and the future of how I will do anything to protect this town and preserve my self-hatred. Thank you very much, Officer ACAB. Uh, furthermore, I I'd like to congratulate our other Police Academy graduates this year. Uh, Officers Proudy, McProudly, Proudest, and Prouder. It's a rarity to see our graduates become close friends, but the, the most recent batch of graduates have become almost like a family. In fact, they all live together now and, and like to call themselves the Proud Grown Boys. And given that all our police force, excluding myself, were recently murdered, legally of course, we need all the help we can get in militarizing our lives here in Viscous, so the entire graduating class has been hired onto the force. We've come a long way, folks, but I have faith that someday soon, our town will feel just like Iraq did in the early 2000s, and we too will say, mission accomplished. Thank you. Ten thirty-four. We're just pulling up on the scene of a domestic. Roger that. Gonna need you over at the Church of Justified Genocides for a ten eighty-nine when you're finished up over there. Ten forty-five. So who we dealing with today? It's uh the binge drinky family. They've got a history of domestics, improper disposal of elders, and uh, a couple petty thefts a few years back out of Raleigh County. Quite the catch. You can say that again, Officer Acab. Hi, uh, Mr. Binge Drinky. We're here about a call. Took you long enough. K 
faithless man in my house. Slow down, ma'am. Uh, what seems to be the problem? This man, he's done it again. He's done what again? I didn't do shit. He done took all my lottery tickets and pawned them off to buy book learning skills for the kids. I mean, I ain't old enough for that. They're only seven. And learning things just a demon speaking through man anyway. That it truly is. Yeah, so I, I started hitting on him real good. Him and the kids. <laughs> Think you can trade my money learning for book learning? Miss, get to the point. Uh, okay, okay. So I started beating on him and then, you know, I turned right around and was super nice to him. G gave him a whole broad apology without no specifics and such. Oh, I hear you. I, I do the same to my wife. Yeah, exactly. But now he's saying he want to split up from one another and I, I can't have that happen. I've got life insurance policies to cash out on. Look. Miss Binge Drinky, we hear where you're coming from. Yeah, as police officers, we deal with a lot of domestic violence. N not on the job, just in our own personal lives, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's a God-given right to use violence whenever you feel that it's necessary. A at least that's what us cops live by. Exactly! But Miss Binge Drinky, you can't be doing it this often. What? Unless you're a cop. Oh. Listen, I I'm gonna leave you my card, and if you're interested in a job, we could expedite your process because you have exactly what it takes to be an officer of the law. Well, really? I had only been on the job for a week, but it felt like I had been playing this role for a lifetime. After my graduation into law enforcement, I now had the power and authority to do whatever I felt like doing. What a mess that family is. You're telling me. You know, host, I, I know it's only been a week we've been partnered together, but I gotta say, I've got a lot of respect for you. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Wow. You're able to not only have one foot in two different worlds, but both of feet. What do you mean? Well, I never knew the man, but from what I've been told, it's like you're the new Durgan. You've got both feet in the 1% of the 1% world, you know, globalist authority over poor person society, and you've got both your other feet, the same feet, in controlling poor person society by committing violent acts against people on a street level. Wow, I guess you have a point there. I'd wager to say that you're completely untouchable by the laws of society, rich and poor. Hell, you could even murder me and get away with it, and I'd respect you for it. I never really thought about it that way. You're right, though. I, I totally could murder you and get away with it. That the church up there on the right? Yeah, that's it. Whoa. A lot of bodies up there. Oh, thank goodness you're here, host. Jeez, Pastor McRath of the Lord. What happened here? Well, you know, our sermon's been getting real dark recently since I lost my money gambling it away and buying women and paying off my child victims and such. Okay... Yeah, and so we were all, the whole congregation and me, decided that we're living in the end times and that we must leave our worldly bodies behind to get to another dimensional plane on Saturn's moon where King Powerball will reward us and lead us into everlasting lust. Well, that makes sense. So I made a big batch of Kool-Aid, you know, with a little hint of some Horsewell Vodka brand 100% real vodka and just a hint of a measly 200 gallons of antifreeze. Oh, I could go for a cold one right about now. And then, by the time I finish passing out all the cups, I, I realize there ain't one for me, but, but people already done start chugging them down and I got left out of the trip to everlasting love. 
Ghost. <laughs> Damn it, Pastor. This is the second time this week. I know. I just keep getting my measurements wrong. All right. Uh, well, we're going to have to take care of these bodies, at least. Thank you, boys. And, and I'll see you next week when this happens again. <laughs> Pastor, just, just plan better next time. I don't want to keep seeing you get your hopes up and then have your dreams completely crushed by watching your entire congregation perish without you. It's just, it's not fair to you. Lord, do not be fair, but he will take more lives, he saith. Alright, well, ACAB, let's rent a truck for all these bodies. Already on it, host. Heading back to the station? Indeed we are. Can't legally commit crimes on an empty stomach, can we? You've got that right. Oh, hey, host. <laughs> What's up, A-Cab? Hey, Mick Proudly. Not much. Just got done dumping 44 bodies from the Church of Justified Genocide. Faster get in on it this time? Nope. Forgot a Kool-Aid for himself. Again. Jeez, oh jeez. <laughs> you know, I'd swear Pastor McGrath of the Lord was doing that on purpose if I didn't know how truly selfless he is. Yeah, I, I hear that. Hey, hey, McProudly? I've been meaning to ask, uh, what's with those double lightning bolts tattooed under your eye? <laughs> That's just my astrology symbol, Gemini. Oh. Yeah, you know, me and the boys are all about astrology. <laughs> You guys should check it out sometime, because us pure cops need to stick together, right? I bet these boys are a bunch of Pisces. You know, Browdy, I, I bet you're right. Pisces? Oh, yeah. You guys are definitely Pisces. <laughs> but no worries. Me too. Us pure Pisces need to stick together. Don't want any mixing of tainted blood messing up our Pisces lifestyle. Okay, sure. But isn't McProudly a Gemini? And our Western beliefs. Hey, host, uh, we, we gotta call to see a couple old friends of yours. Wanna go check it out? Yeah, let's... let's go do that. <laughs> Later, guys. <laughs> Stay proud. And don't mix with any Virgos. You know, there's something about those proud grown boys that creeps me out. Yeah, me too, host. Almost like they're not talking about astrology at all when they're talking about astrology. What do you mean? I don't know. I, I know that's just regular cop talk, but it feels weird. Oh, jeez. I, I didn't know these were the old friends of mine that you were talking about. Oh, hey, host! Host, it's so good to see you! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Jeffy. Hey, Bill. Uh, what's the problem? Listen, host, I know you're probably upset about us not sticking up for you when you got arrested and all, but you were interacting with poor person society. Yeah, what, what were we supposed to do, host? Just act like you talking to the poors as equals didn't affect us? Look, guys, I get it. It stung being abandoned like that, but I know that's a rule written in child blood for the 1% of the 1%ers. It, 
It's just gonna take me some time. Yeah, I know, Hose, but listen, everything's back to normal. Now that you're a cop and in the 1% of the 1%, we, like, totally respect you. Yeah, you're like the ultimate societal class enforcer. You've got that right. So what are we taking care of today, Globies? Just a few bodies is all. All in a day's work, right, ACAB? All in a day's work. How they transition from living to dead anyway? I just wanted a clean slate on my organs. Y you know, replace all of them with fresh ones. That makes sense. It is an American right to take away future life and dispose of the past whenever and however you see fit. If you're rich or a cop, I mean. Thanks, Host. But, uh, hey, I've been meaning to ask, how's solving Durgan's murder going? Durgan's what? You know, the, the whole crime thing you were investigating. Oh my god. Well, anyway, uh, we're gonna head back to the racetrack. Yeah, we totally mixed things up today. Instead of the jockeys being on the horses' backs, we, we forced the horses to get on the jockeys' backs, and those jockeys can't even afford health insurance, so we're betting on how much their medical bills will be. How could I have forgotten about solving Durgan's murder? Wasn't that the whole point of becoming a cop? Wasn't that the point of me interacting with poor people's society? How did I get so lost in the need for authority? Was my authority even justified? Wait, that's crazy, but the question remained. What was happening to me? I was torn in between my duty as an investigative journalist podcaster to solve Durgan McClurgsing's murder and exploit the story, his friends, his family, and his life, and my duty as a cop, to ignore all my copley duties. Sure, I needed the authority, and sure, my personal problems stemming from a damaged childhood and false sense of masculinity justified me in beating down on the pores, but what about my other justifications? If I wasn't going to exploit this juicy-ass true crime story for all of the fame and money possible, who would? But that's when I realized I hadn't been in contact with assistant reporter all week since sending him out to interview Jensen. I spent the rest of the day calling assistant reporter to no avail. It was as if he had all of a sudden become a ghost in the wind, or left his earthly body behind, or maybe he just lost his phone or something. But I felt that something more had to be going on here. I decided to drive by the alley that assistant reporter slept in to see if maybe he was home, but he wasn't. All traces of him had essentially disappeared overnight. I mean, it had been a week, but I had totally forgotten about him until now. I had to find him, but more importantly, I had to get that interview he did with Jensen. And so I drove to the last place I knew he had been, Jensen's house, at 520 Ieste Way. However, when I arrived, it wasn't a house that I had arrived to. It was a large field where several giant structures had been erected. It was the Turgid County Fair. I made my way through the dirt fields and rows of flashing, blinding lights, observing the physically small-minded families of this tight-knit community as they desperately try to suppress the defiant fires building inside of them, extinguishing those flames here by seeking out the treasures that were hidden in plain sight. Treasures such as entertainment, playable games, sponsored content, the lottery, like the written story by Shirley Jackson, mini-games, industrial-sized opium dens, and a petting zoo. I view this community gathering as something wholesome under a veil of mystery, 
and economic hardship. The more I walked around, the more obvious it became. I was going to need some backup if I was ever going to find assistant reporter, or Jensen. So I called the officer ACAB, who notified the proud grown boys, and away my forces came. I didn't know what truth we'd find, but I knew for certain we were about to lie some kind of truth down here on these dirt fields. A truth that said, I was once a lie. Hey, host. <laughs> you know, we usually don't come out this way because this part of town is much more homophobic-phobic, but we, we heard you needed our help, so of course we came, blood brother. Stop saying that. Anyway, yeah, I need your help. Well, we're here for you, pure blood. Uh, okay, yeah, we need to find my assistant reporter, assistant reporter. He's missing, and this is the last known place he was. You got it, host. Whoa, hold up. Look at the funhouse. It's got so many mirrors and looks so spooky. It's, it's almost like the physical representation of the gaslighting techniques I use on my wife and kids. Oh, we gotta check that out. Come on, guys. Proudy, McProudly, we came here to do a job. Not to enjoy the wonderful sights and sponsored content Purple Mattress this fair has to offer. Come on, host. A, a little fun won't hurt your chances of finding your friend that's probably dead or will soon be foreshadowed as having died. Hey, Cab, back me up. Host, these proud grown boys are something else. I think we're gonna have to indulge them for a minute if we're gonna get them to indulge in us, you know? Yeah, I, I guess you're right, Officer Acab. Uh, okay, proud grown boys, let's check it out. And so we entered the Turgid County Fair Funhouse. Whoa! Scary spider! Oh my god! The elimination of qualified immunity? Totally spooky! Oh no! Ooh, scary clown! Oh yeah, that, that clown is so... Wait a minute! Oh no! What, guys? Ugh, I can't believe that they're doing that here! That's so disrespectful! Like, do they think that's funny? Wait, guys! What are you talking about? You see that clown? Yeah, it's just a big scary clown. No, it's not. You see its skin color? What? It, it looks like a regular clown with clown makeup. That's what they want you to think. But what we're seeing here today, <laughs> not in my city. I, I don't get it. Host, that clown... That clown's in whiteface. Whiteface? I can't believe this. They thought they could just come into our community, to our city, to our town full of pure Colorado townies and wave this disgusting act in front of our face like a joke. You guys, uh, I think it's just a clown. Nuh-uh. This right here, this is real racism. Not like the totally unfounded claims against our police force, but real racism. Against the whites? Manager! Manager! I need a manager now! Let's get out of here, guys. I don't want to be around this ignorance. I can't believe our pureness is being discriminated against like this. Oh, jeez. Hey, come on, guys. I don't think it's that big a deal. Ghost! That's just what they want you to think. They want you to be content while they wave their flag of discrimination in front of you. But you don't have to take it. Just because you're a pure-blooded Pisces law enforcement officer doesn't mean you have to stand for bigotry against you. You have a voice. A voice that's louder than any of these tainted bloods. What do you mean by tainted blood? Manager? Yeah, manager, get your ass out of here right now. What seems to be the problem, y'all? Jensen? Oh, hi, host. You think you're fucking funny? Uh, what? Yeah, this blatant display of racism and cultural appropriation in a fun house of all places? 
There are children working here. Why, why, why? I'm so confused. That's just what a racist would say to gaslight us. And not in the way that I do it to my family. You guys, uh, this is Jensen. This is who I was looking for. Hold on, host. We have to deal with this first. No, but I really need to... You think you can just wave your racism around doing whiteface wherever you please without any repercussion? <laughs> well, I'm an officer of the law. I won't stand for this. What are you talking about? The clown, you clown. There's a lot of history behind whiteface, but you think you can just whitewash whiteface history, don't you? <laughs> we don't forget. It's, it, it's a clown. Oh, doubling down, are we? Hey, Cab, back me up. There are more important things at hand here. Get ready for state-sanctioned murder, Mr. Whiteface is totally acceptable. Host, I don't know if I can. I mean, I know you have a murder to investigate, but I'm a cop before anything else. Committing violent acts against the poors is what I do best. Guys, guys, l listen, let's all calm down here. I I'm sure Jensen didn't mean anything by the clown being dressed like a clown. Host, you're one of us, a purity. No need to stick up for this anti-purity bigot. People getting away with white faces is exactly what's wrong with this country. Wait, what do you mean by a purity? I've had enough. And in the blink of an eye, the Turgid County Fair turned into a full-scale shootout. Surprisingly, Jensen pulled first. At least, that's what we would later write in the report. The sound of bullets blazing by, explosions on the merry-go-round, a baby crying for its clear hookup. Everything we had worked for, the peace we had maintained, all gone in the blink of an eye. I was torn between helping my fellow officers and getting to Jensen and finding the truth. It was now that I had to make a choice. Live on with my current life committing state-sanctioned murders and beating down on poor minorities? Or, finding out the truth behind what happened to Durgan McFlergstang and whatever happened to assistant reporter, I, I guess, but that was less important. Host! Take the shot! I looked up from the pile of dead petting zoo animals I had taken cover behind to see that I was the only one with a clean shot on Jensen, and the choice was now clear. Did I have the authority to come back from this? Only time would tell, but sometimes, time tells lies, and so I raised my revolver, and I took the shot. Bang. But just as I had taken the shot, a woman, unknown to me, had jumped directly in front of Jensen, sacrificing herself in order to save his life. That's when the shooting stopped. The proud grown boys laid down their arms as Jensen fell to his knees, cradling the deceased woman. It was now a time of mourning. Jensen, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I just, I just, I had a choice to make and so much authority. Oh, oh, host, thank you. What? Jensen raised from his knees, widened his arms, and embraced me. With his thankful face on my chest, I realized that if Jensen had died, I would have been lost. Lost in a story that I needed to tell. And so I was glad my bullets hit somebody who wasn't important to me at all, because Jensen, now felt like family. <laughs> you killed McAdderall Methylonatrate! Wait, I killed Durgan's wife? 
before I even got a chance to interview her and her tears? No, host. You didn't kill Durgan's wife. I mean, you totally did, but more importantly, you killed the drugs in his life. Wait. What? And the drugs that had overtaken my life and would have done overtaken yours, too. Jensen, I, I don't understand. Mechanoral nitrate wasn't no woman. She was a concept. A concept for addiction itself. Wait, so did I just kill somebody or not? I don't know. But what I do know is, is that you saved my life by aiming a gun at me and pulling the trigger. Now... I can finally be free, and free base that clear in a healthy moderation daily. Wait, so Durgan wasn't married? Host, Durgan only loved one thing in this world. Money? No, host. Money and drugs. Oh. And the exploitation of the little people. Yeah, well, I guess that makes sense. And ska music, and Korean barbecue, and old HBO shows, as well as the new ones, but also crime, and woodcut Japanese printmaking, and going fishing on the weekends, and purple mattress. Uh, okay, I, I think I get that. And taking it to the man, and also super ethical farming practices, and increasing the CO2 in our atmosphere, and sex with- Wait. So, if McAdderall methylone nitrate was just a concept, then who's been collecting the friend tax from Horsewell Vodka every week? Oh, that's probably just Randy. Yeah, he a real piece of shit. Oh. Yeah, he a dirty fucking liar. <laughs> Don't listen to a word that man says. Jensen, what happened to assistant reporter? Who? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, big AR. He over there on the teacup rides. Assistant reporter? Assistant reporter! Oh, uh, hey, host! Assistant reporter! Why haven't you been answering your phone? Oh, uh, me and Jensen been on a clear binge all week. A clear binge? Yeah, we uh, totally dissected my phone. We were both convinced there was a tiny person inside of it, but turns out, the whole time unknown to us, it, it was just a phone. Oh, well... How'd the interview go? What interview? The interview you did with Jensen. Oh, I totally forgot about that once we started, you know, mainlining clear. <laughs> oh, well, I guess now's probably a perfect time for an interview. You got that right, host. Wait, uh, what about the white face? Listen, McBrowley, I, I get it. I do. You want to spout off about your purity and further your ideological beliefs in the world without ever admitting to what they actually are or what they imply? Well, I don't know if I'd say that. But Jensen seems like an alright guy. I mean, he was good buddies with Durgan. And my boy assistant reporter and him just spent all week mainlining clear together. I'm sure if he was really a problem, a assistant reporter would have told me, but it seems like they had a pretty good time. R right, guys? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, I mean, I ain't no cop, but I'd give a big 1095 on that one. But I'm so upset! I, I mean, what am I supposed to do? Just take out all my rage on poor minorities? McProudly. Okay, okay, I, I guess you're right. I mean... I was gonna take out my rage on helpless poor minorities no matter what, wasn't I? I guess I see your point, host, and sometimes I forget that you're just like the host of a number one podcast. I don't want to seem like a star fucker or anything, but you're just so relatable, and I forget that you're pretty much the ultimate information force in our information war against the Jews. Against the what? Wait, what's happening in my back pocket? Oh my god, a kangaroo? No way! I've always wanted to meet a roo! What are you doing in my back pocket, little buddy? You looking for my little wallet? Oh, here you go! The kangaroo stuffed McProudly's wallet into its pouch, and then without skipping a beat, wrapped its claws around McProudly's face 
and tore his head from his body. Oh my god. Run! Within seconds, bullets started flying again. Kangaroos hopped down from the hillside and began strangling every living thing in their path. All the while, dingoes rose from the caverns buried beneath the bear and started eating every baby in sight. But that was all before the legs of a gigantic 56-story tall spider began tearing apart the structures that had been erected at the fair. Vegemite rained from the skies into our eyes, blinding them. And in the distance, an army of Australians made their way into what was now a battlefield. The end times are yet again upon us. Quickly, my congregation, take these cups of Kool-Aid, sponsored by Horsewell Vodka, so that we may join our brothers and sisters in a trans-dimensional everlasting lust where we will all be gifted 2,600 virgin flashlights. Host, you gotta get out of here. Not without you, ACAB. Host, I've spent all my life trying to be something I ain't. I've always hated what I am, and now I hate what I've become. But through you, I've realized I don't have to hate myself. I don't have to hate my authority. Not all cops are bastards. I mean, they definitely all are and participate in unjustified state-sanctioned murder on almost a daily basis, or at the very least, support their fellow officers in doing so. But I can change my feelings on that. I can change that through you. These cuts on my arms represent that past, but they also represent my love of the band Hawthorne Heights and the future. The future of what you're gonna do to win this battle. And to win this battle, you and Assistant Reporter need to get on out of here. But I love you, Acab. And I love you, host. But if you love me, love me, and wanna like, get married someday or something, you'll get out of here right now. You'll get out of here before I join the opposing team once I find out they harbor the same authoritarian beliefs that I do. And that's not foreshadowing. That's still just a riff on cops being fascists. But... but ACAB... We've gotta go, host. We, we've gotta get out of here. No! Assistant reporter grabbed me by my collar and dragged me away. He dragged me on the ground until I was crawling, and then walking, and then running. And run we did. We ran everywhere we could. To my luxury ranch house, to Hooters Juniors, to the burnt down St. Profiteers McHospital, but all of it was overrun by a foreign military, an Australian military. Why is this happening? I didn't know why Australia felt the need to invade our society. All I did know was, this wasn't what Durgan would have wanted. Not at all. And so we ran to the last place we thought anyone would be at in this state of confusion and complete disarray. We ran to Durgan's grave. Why did you have to die? Why? 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 I slammed my fist down into the grave, as if to tell Durgan, I'm like, super angry at you or whatever. Wait, do you hear that? <laughs> What? That grave sounds hollow. That's when I noticed the four-inch-thick stainless steel handles placed in the middle of Durgan's grave. I pulled once. It was stuck. I pulled twice. It was still stuck. But I pulled a third time, and it gave way. Assistant reporter and I stood over Durgan's grave, looking down into the stairway that had been revealed. The more we learn about this town, the deeper the hole gapes. Hooters Jr.'s The Durgan McClurg Sang Story is a sad picture production 
If you would like to support us or gain access to exclusive content, visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash Hooters Juniors. That's patreon.com slash Hooters J-R-S. To get in contact, send an email to fuckyousuemi at hootersjuniors.com. Hooters Juniors is created, written, and edited by hosts, co-written by Cameron's Tax Guy, produced by Cameron's Tax Guy and Trent C. Rollins, executive producer Trapper D. McBlackfoot, voiced by host and a bunch of unnamed expendable wages. Fuck em. To learn more, visit HootersJuniors.com. Real truth is a crime.